Good morning. Bishop Ed Akers here, my 945 Live, my weekly devotion to jumpstart your week. And I've been doing this since COVID kind of got underway a few years back and felt led to continue this on. I hope this is a blessing to you today. I hope that this um, video finds you blessed and walking in the goodness of God. We serve a really good God. Amen. And I'm so blessed to be with you today. And um, I want to share something on my heart, as I always do every time that I come. I believe that God is moving on the earth in very powerful ways. I believe that oftentimes we watch the media and the news and social media, and we would almost conclude that God is not doing anything on the earth. And I assure you that that is the opposite of what is happening. Uh, we're watching God do great things in Pakistan, the Philippines, Africa, other parts of the world, even here in the United States, there are great things happening as God is moving on the hearts of people. What's happened with this NFL player uh, and the prayer that we've been watching take place um, has shown people that God uh, is, is not only real, but he's very active in our lives. God's going to get a lot of glory, he already has, out of that situation. But I want to talk to you today about something I think we've all suffered from before, and some people chronically suffer from this. Uh, and it's not a certain church, it's not a certain denomination, it's not a certain culture or ethnicity that has this problem. It's every human being can suffer from this. And specifically, Christians can suffer from this. What am I talking about? I'm talking about what I call bad religion. Bad religion. The Bible talks about false religion. It talks about... Uh, true religion in James chapter 1 verse 27 the Bible tells us that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for the orphans the widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt us that is true religion but then there's false religion Jesus saying in Matthew chapter 23, 3, talking about bad religious practices, was talking about the Pharisees, the teachers of the law that all Jewish people followed in Jesus' time. This would have been what they knew as the religious culture of their day. And these people were very versed in the law and the rights and wrongs and the rules of religion. And Jesus said that because they sat in the seat of Moses, at least while he was still on the earth. Now, this was about to change when Jesus died, took authority, and established the church. No longer did the seat of Moses become the place of authority. Now it became the cross of Christ. But at the time that Jesus is talking, he's telling them that they sit in the seat of authority. He tells them this in Matthew 23, 3. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, speaking of the Pharisees. So practice what they tell you, and uh, but do not follow their example, for they do not practice what they teach. They do not practice what they teach. This is the epitome of bad religion, <laughs> to not practice what you say you believe. We call this hypocrisy, um, but I call it nasty religion, and there's several traits to bad religion. Use the word religion and you talk negative about religion or the church. Christians often bristle and they get mad and rightly so because some people are just trying to destroy what is right about the church and about God's kingdom. But I don't want you to bristle at this because the word religion isn't even found in the original language of the Bible. 
The only time we see it translated truly as the word religion is James chapter 1, verse 27. And the word there literally means, literally means uh, ceremonies and practices meant to exude worship unto God. So what they did in the temple was considered religious worship. What we do week in and week out at church and listening to the word being preached and worshiping and doing the things that we do in a, in a practice of our, of our faith would be considered religious practices. There's nothing wrong with the word religion itself, just like there's nothing wrong with other things. Money is not a bad thing. It's how it's used. Religion is not a bad thing. It's how it's used and what it's based on. I don't have time to really dig in all of that. So let me just talk about three traits of bad religion that I've been dealing with in my own self and I've been dealing with as I watch other people in the church for the last 42 years. First of all, religion, as I'm defining it for this little talk here, religion is the act and practice of regularly, uh, acts and practices regularly demonstrated or enacted or practiced as to show worship and devotion to the one you are yielding your life to. Worship in its essence is yielding our life, our time, talent, and treasure to something greater than myself. In our case, we believe that to be God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And we believe the Bible to be the source of, of instruction for how we live our life. And the Holy Spirit to be the source of life change within us. This constitutes the Christian religion. Now, there are many false Christian religions based on some of the teachings of Christ, adding things to it, taking it away. Um, and I'm not really dealing with that today. What I want to deal with is the bad religion that me, myself, and you can get into if we are not watching our, our own heart and our own practices. And I think there are three really big traits of bad religion. I've actually posted some graphics with them today. If you look on our uh, my different social media pages, you'll see that there are three things that I am highlighting today in this idea of getting rid, once and for all, of bad religion. I want all bad religion out of me. I want to know God. I want to be in His church. I want to do His work. I want to do whatever He wants. I want, to, I want my life to reflect Him, but I don't want to do it through bad religion. I, I don't want to hold to bad religion. It's very easy, though, to fall into the trap of bad religion, especially if we are lazy about our walk with God. If we just see Sunday as the time to go do church, sing a few songs, punch the clock, we went to church, we go home, therefore I'm a Christian and I'm religious. That is a, is a recipe for bad religion developing in your life. Like a virus, it begins to spread in your heart. And so we want to get rid of bad religion. Here are three traits real quick because it's a 15-minute thing. This isn't a sermon. This is a devotion. I have to remind myself of that every time I get started because I feel the Holy Spirit on this today. Number one, one of the traits of bad religion that I see everywhere, especially with social media, it's become very much more pronounced, is focusing on the sins or sinfulness of others, either an individual or groups of people, while ignoring my own sin. Let me say it again. Focusing on the sinfulness of others or an individual or a group, and ignoring my own sin. There are people who are in sin. Most people are walking in sin. And if we're a Christian, we may be free from sinfulness, 
but that doesn't mean we don't sin. When we look at the other people in this world and we see their faults and their failures and their shortcomings, we see that they've made choices that are contrary to what we know the Bible says. I'm really talking to Christians now. And so we, we look at a person and we say, look, they, they've chosen this path in life and it's contrary to God's word in any way, shape, or form. It's contrary to what my church teaches. Now, a lot of Christians don't know what the word says or what their church even teaches. They just show up to church. But all of us have a tendency to inflate the sins of others and deflate the impact of our sins. The moment I begin to lift up the sins of another person, and I begin to verbalize that maybe by talking to other people and say, you know, they, boy, that's horrible what they've done, and can you believe they've done that? And then I use gossip as a tool to degrade that person, to tear down that person. I don't have time to get into what I'm going to say right now. But when I speak negative about those who are in sin, not about the sinfulness, not about how we can pray and intercede, but when I start condemning the sinner because of their sin, I pile on curses onto their life because I have authority as a child of God. I sit in the seat of Christ's authority on the earth as a child of God. God gave us dominion in the garden, chapter 1, Genesis 1, never rescinded that dominion mandate. When we're born again through the last Adam, Jesus, we become dominion takers and we have authority on the earth. So when I see a sinner lost in their sin, and instead of speaking the word of truth, declaring what God sees in them that they don't see in themselves, start condemning their sin, I now have sinned because now I have gossiped or I have, I have judged in my heart wrongly. You say, but pastor, shouldn't we speak the truth against sin? Yes, but so many times. Preachers and people who are trying in the name of condemning sins are really judging others in an attempt to cover up our own sin. Maybe that's a little too strong for this Sunday morning at 9.45. I don't need to be somebody else's judge. And the moment I start doing that and condemning them for their sins, I pile the curse on them. I become a not a not a a source of living water. I become a source of bitter waters. And there's one thing God told me once. I was looking at the world and saying, man, it's so bad. And looking at the sexuality and the gender problems and the drug problems and the anti-God and the godlessness of our society. And I, I get more and more infuriated. I get more and more worked up. I want to go out into the streets and just hold up a sign. Jesus is coming and you're all bound for hell. <laughs> And God says, you will never see my glory in people or on this earth focused on the wickedness of men. I must focus on the goodness of God to do in men and women who are sinners what only God can do. So that's the first one. I cannot, I cannot um, judge people without looking at my own sinfulness. It's the old plank in the eye versus the splinter. Jesus said, how do you judge one who has a speck and ignore the beam in your own eye? I've heard people try to interpret away from that and say it had something to do with, you know, the eye of the needle <laughs> and some other stuff in Jerusalem. It has to do with you and me looking at other people's sinfulness and 
in, inflating theirs and then ignoring ours altogether. That's bad religion. Secondly is this practice of disqualifying other people as people God cannot in any way use. They, they've sinned too much. They've, they've done too much against God. And Maybe you feel this way about yourself, that you've done so much against God that he could never use you. I want to tell you today, you are wrong. God uses only lost sinners because that's all he has to work with until we are born again. Some of the greatest people in history within the Bible itself were some of the most egregious sinners against God, performing murder, adultery, uh, thieves, liars, all sorts of people, religious people. Uh, I think of Paul, I think of everyone. None of them qualified. Up to the moment I was born again, I was a rotten sinner. Unworthy of anything God had given me. And if we knew everyone's story that's watching this, we knew your story. Up until the moment you gave your life to Jesus Christ, everyone would have said you're not worthy. God, the Bible says, blesses those who he chooses to bless. Anoints those he chooses to anoint. I don't care if they're an atheist witch. One day... The next day, they could be preaching the gospel. I've seen it happen. I remember having an interpreter in the Philippines who was a hitman for the mafia. God saved him, and he became a preacher of the gospel. No one qualifies. I didn't qualify. The Bible says that he qualifies the called. He equips them, and he'll call the most unlikely people. Do you know that the Bible even tells us that God said that he raised up Pharaoh back in Egypt, that the world might see the goodness of God. God used Pharaoh, <laughs> the most wicked man on the planet, serving every God but him. I'm saying this, God will do things you and I can never imagine possible, and he'll use people we would never choose. It's bad religion to qualify yourself to be a person who can decide who God can use and who he won't use. That's bad religion. We see it all the time. You don't wear the right clothes. You have tattoos. You have a bad past. You, you, uh, you, you were a preacher, and then you had adulter an adulter adulterous affair. You, God will never use you again. And we just, on and on and on, use our checklist. And it's always interesting because the sins that I've committed, and I see in other people, I'm a little bit more forgiving about. The sins I haven't committed, uh, that I still could commit in my life, if I don't, if I don't watch myself, uh, I tend to be more uh, aggressive toward. It's, it's, it's because I've received grace in an area, I want to give grace. Really, we should give grace to everyone, no matter what they're going through right now. So disqualifying others as somebody God will not use is bad religion. I'll give you one more. I'm going over a few minutes. But saying we love Jesus, number three, the first one is judging other people's sins greater than ours. Second, disqualifying people as people that we think God will never use. That's bad religion. Number three, saying we love Jesus, but not obeying his teachings. Not obeying his teachings. Jesus said, why do you, do, why do you say you love me and not keep my commandments? Another way of saying it in the scriptures, another verse, a couple uh, books over is, if you love me, keep my commandments. So God is, Jesus is telling us, hey, you say you love me, then follow me follow me. This may be the baddest religion of all, what I call lip service Christianity. I love God. I haven't met a person in the world, very few, 
uh, atheists maybe, people of other religions even believe in God. So I love God. Well, but do you do what God taught? And who is your God? And if it's Jesus, do you do what Jesus taught you to do? He tells you in his word to, to um, love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Are you doing that? He tells you to love your neighbor greater than you love yourself, at least equally. Are you doing that? The Bible says Jesus told us to let our light shine before men that they, we, they might see our good works and glorify God. Are you letting your light shine? Jesus said no greater love has any man than he lay down his life for those he loves. Are we willing to lay down our life for others that they might know him? Jesus said if they come to you and ask you for your coat, give them your shirt as well. Hmm. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you, pressed down, shaken together. Are we giving? The Bible says, forget not the assembling of yourselves together, as some do. Are we assembling regularly in worship? These things are things Jesus said to do, and if we go to, we, we regulate this down to, I went to church, I punched my time clock, I joined the church, I even took the membership class, I might even have got dunked in the tank and got wet. But am I a victim of bad religion virus? <laughs> I believe that God wants to free us, free me, from bad religion. I don't like what's happening in our culture many times, but I watch so many of our uh, fine preachers and brothers and sisters that I know in the Lord who, they're more focused on culture, politics, and society. Speaking nothing but fear and death and rallying up the troops and there is a time to blow the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. But let me sound this alarm and blow this trumpet. Jesus Christ is Lord. He's Lord of all. He's not going to be Lord. He is Lord. He's not going to be Lord of all. He is Lord of all. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Let me say it with a trumpeting voice. If God be for us, who can be against us? Let me say it even louder. What can separate us from the love of God in Christ? Can angels and principalities, can things to come and things present? No thing, no demon, no thing in heaven, no thing in hell can separate us from the love of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for we are more than conquerors in him. I don't know what trumpet you're blowing, but it's, got, it's out of tune and it's sounding a nasty, bad religion sound. Nothing worse I tried to play trombone when I was in middle school, and it, I couldn't get the notes. And when I would try to play that thing, it sounded like a, a duck being strangled or something. <laughs> and so they put me on drums. I was able to figure out rhythm enough to play timpanis and drums and enjoyed that, but they kept me away from anything that had to do with notes. And my wife will tell you, I love to sing in church. I'll sing on the microphone, but I always try to get them to scrub that off because... I have a hard time with pitch and tune, and uh, I give an uncertain sound as the Bible talks about it. But the Bible says, make a joyful noise. I hope it's joyful to him. It sure isn't to everybody else around me. My point is this. Bad religion gives a bad sound. Let's get in line with the Word of God. Let's love others. No matter how lost they are in sin, the darker it is, the more embroiled in sin a person is, the greater grace will be the more powerful 
Paul said, shall sin abound that grace much, must, where sin is present, grace does much more abound. It is much greater than sin. I hope you have a great week this week. Remember, don't let bad religion ruin you and your life. Walk in true religion, undefiled before God, is to care for the orphans and the widows and to not be corrupted by the spirit of this world. Hey, it's not too late to adopt a child with Victorious Living International. Go to our victoriouslivinginternational.com uh, website or to our Facebook pages, Victorious Living International or Ed Acres Ministries. And uh, we have about 29 children still needing sponsorship. Only $30 a month, a dollar a day. We'll sponsor a child for a Christian education, their schooling, their, their uh, clothing, uh, some hygiene products. Um, 17 of these children are orphans in Pakistan. I think we have eight of them left. I'd love to be able to sponsor every one of these children this year. And I've sponsored two, one in each country, my wife and I. And so we ask you to join us. We want to get to 60 children this year being fully sponsored by their own sponsor. Last year we had about 40 sponsors and then we picked the rest up through our VLI budget. I'd love for you to sponsor a child. We can connect you with a child that will be a blessing to you and you'll be a blessing to them. Amen. Well, God bless you. Next week is a Global Sunday here at Victorious Living Church, but today we have a church service that's starting in just a little over a half hour. 1045, Pastor Brent Powell, the lead pastor of our church, will be speaking today and preaching, and we have some other special things happening in the service. Try to get here today if you're in the Columbus and Grove City area. God is moving to Victorious Living Church. We'd love to have you be a part of it. God bless you. Have your day and run from bad religion.